What is happening, everybody? A happy Wednesday to you all. Just a short 24 hours or 26 hours, I guess, from when I'm recording this till we get our lock at the Genesis Invitational. And I am back with my final PGA DFS top five video of the week. This one is the fades, and I think it's very important for me to bring up what I mean by a fade. Does that mean I'm going 0% of these guys? Absolutely not. So what I do is I build out my lineups. I go back through. I look at the projected ownership. I go based off of my ownership. I get the top five guys that I'm fading. Especially in a week like this, it's maybe a bit more prevalent when I do that, but I'm going to be about, you know, say 10% under on some guys, and that ends up being one of my biggest fades based off of projected ownership. So take this with understand, not take it with a grain of salt, understand that when I tell you that Xander Schauffele is going to be the first person I'm fading, that just means that his 30% projected ownership is not so in my lineups. I have more like 18 to 20% of Xander, which makes him one of the biggest fades based off of a projection, based off of my actual allocation versus the projection. So I wanted to make that clear because like last week, for example, as we go into my transparency corner, as I always do, and again, I'm just recovering from a little bit of a dental work yesterday. If you didn't follow my Twitter, I look like more of a chipmunk than I normally do. You know why, or a mouse. If you guys want to call me mouse, then I'm fine with that too. Maybe I look a little bit more chubby cheeks as the bottom line. But let's jump in to last week's, okay? Perfect example of exactly what I just said was Daniel Berger was projected at about 30%, and I had about 18% of them in all the lineups that weren't Spieth Cantlay, which was the $5. So every other contest, I played like for the $200 single entry, he was in that lineup. In my $15 and $55, he was in about 15%, 20%. So while I... He was one of my biggest fades of the week. It's not like he ended up being a zero in my lineups, although he did end up getting the win. In fact, Jason Day ended up playing pretty good, but I'm okay with the fade on Jason Day because Jordan Spieth severely outperformed him and they were basically the same salary. Henrik Norlander had a good first round, not a great rest of the tournament, so he was a pretty good fade. Michael Thompson also made the cut and so did Pat Gazire. So I got, basically, if, if you want to consider all of my fades, not one of them missed the cut last week. I think we're going to change that around here this week. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump in. Xander Schauffele is my first of five fades. Not my biggest fade, but first of five fades. Let's start off with him. 28% projected owned. 23rd and 15 in the last two years here. Certainly the off the tee game has gotten way better, which should be pretty good here. Recent form, obviously, he came in second a couple of weeks ago at the Waste Management. Did not play last week at Pebble which is probably to be expected. 21st off the tee going into his strokes gain power ranks. No wonder why he's going to be 30% owned. He's in the top 20, or sorry, the top 33 of each category with just the approach kind of lagging behind a bit. Still, when you have a top 33 in each category, including a top five in strokes gain putting, you're going to be in good form. So while the 30% for Xander is a little hefty for me, he will still be a big part of my builds this week, just not as big or as important as some of the other guys, which makes him rather much a fade. Not a full fade, which is why he's my number five fade of the week. Okay, the next three golfers, I would say are probably less percentage in terms of a fade, but a bigger fade in terms of my lineups versus the projected. For example, Matthew Fitzpatrick, he's coming in at 7,600 this week, projected at around 10%. I don't have him anything above 5% this week. I feel like this range from 8,000 to 7,500 this week is rather comparable. So for me to go out and get 10% of Matthew Fitzpatrick on a guy that, you know, he hasn't had great recent form, course history, he came 30th last year, so nothing's fantastic. 
Just doesn't seem like a great course from 90th off the 96th off the tee, 20th on the approach, 124 around the green, and 147 putting this year. Matt Fitzpatrick, not really trending in the right direction. I'll take the under on him this week. Third guy I want to talk about is maybe a little bit of a pricing thing, as his recent form is actually very good. It's Cameron Tringale. 7,600 in possibly the strongest field of the year. A little bit too much for me to get to to make him a core play, to make him above 10%. Again, I've got him somewhere around 5% as well. It's not that he's not in my player pool. It's just that I think there are other values. Even Sergio Garcia, who's projected at 14 or 15%, I still feel like might be a little bit better play here than Cam Tringale. Although Cam Tringale, 30th year last year, is working off of back-to-back top 17s. And you can see why. 69th off the tee for a strokes gain power rank, 60th on the approach, 140th around the green, and 23rd putting. So a really nice combination there for Cameron Tringale. Okay, Brendan Todd. He's going to be my fourth fade or second biggest. I'm counting down from five to one. That's what I do now. He's coming in projected at around 10% as well. But if I had to think of a course that is less suited for Brendan Todd, it's this one. It really, really promotes a strong and long off the tee game. You see from the recent winners of DJ, Bubba Watson, and the like, Adam Scott even. Brendan Todd just doesn't fit that mold. He hits a lot of fairways. But again, I think that the length will come into play a little bit here. So 7,100 for him. He's coming off 56th last year here. Did not play two years ago. Uh, Did not play last week at Pebble. Did play at the Waste Management. Came in 22nd. Take a look at his strokes gained numbers. You have to have a good putter if you roster Brendan Todd this week. And I think that the off the tee game being ranked 220th, that will hurt him here. So that's why I've got him as one of my bigger fades of the week. Okay, now the last fade. And again, this is kind of the similar scenario with Dustin Johnson as it is with Xander Shoffley, who I already mentioned. And he's coming in at 28% projected on as the highest golfer, highest salary golfer in the field. And for me, that's just too much. When I've got somebody like Justin Thomas, who's $600 cheaper, who I think that long-term, their form is relatively comparable. Relatively comparable. Sorry, a little must-sos together there. But yet, we're going to get double the ownership, maybe even triple the ownership in certain contests, as well as a $600 salary. Wow, that seems like too much. So for me this week, I have about 15% DJ in my lineups. But the 26% projected, that gives me about under by 10%, one of my biggest fades of the week in terms of a percentage to allocation. Now, is it possible that if I have a winning lineup this week that DJ's in it? Yeah, it's very possible. So I don't want you to get upset about that. Again, he's projected at 26%. I'm making 450 lineups this week. He's probably going to be in 40 of them, but that's still well under the percentage. If you take everybody else's 450 lineups and put them together, it'll be well under that. So... Again, wanted to bring that up. Obviously, he is the king of L.A. He's got, what, six top tens here in the last seven years, including 10th and 9th in the last two. Obviously, he withdrew from Pebble last week, but did win out in Saudi the start before. So DJ obviously playing great. He's first on strokes gained off the approach this year on the PGA Tour. That's why he's playing so good, because we know he's going to be in the top 25 of strokes gained off the tee every single year. That's what he is, 23rd. He's even 16th around the green. Everything seems to be going. And when DJ is going to be ranked inside the top 100 in strokes gained putting with all those other stats, watch out. The guy could go on a run. But I'm going to go ahead and take the fade route this week. Maybe hopefully see that he's played a little too much golf or who knows why he withdrew last week at Pebble. Maybe he was just tired. But still, I think that the other golfers are just as good, 
in normal situations in a in a bucket. Obviously, right now, DJ looks like he's far and away the best player in the world. But in a bucket, in a vat, I think that they are much more comparable when you throw in Rom, McElroy, Thomas, Shoffley. I think they're all pretty comparable, including even Bryson DeChambeau. So that's why I'll be fading DJ this week. That's why I'll be taking the under on Xander Shoffley this week and looking to try and get that leverage from the other guys. So from 5-1, to one, Shoffley, Fitzpatrick, Tringale, Todd, and Johnson are my fades this week for the Genesis Invitational, my top five fades, I should say. And of course, if you're looking for more of these videos, make sure you like and subscribe to our channel, our YouTube channel here to get notified when I come live for these videos. And of course, I've got my Super Bowl swag starting to flow in. I've ordered it. You can see my first one here, a little some Tampa Bay or Champa Bay, as we're now calling it, where I reside, uh, of course, so go Bucks. Um, but until next time, everybody, again, I will be back on the airwaves tonight with Jazz Raz at 7.45 Eastern Standard Time before our live, for our Live Before Lock show. It'll be the last time that we get a couple of hours in the morning to build as we switch over to Florida after this week. So until next week's WGC, I think it's now called the Workday, WGC Workday Charity Challenge, something like that, who knows. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody, for joining my PGA DFS Top 5 videos for the Genesis Invitation. We'll see you on the other side. Cheers.